performance. This podcast is brought to you by IADT Radio Society and IADT Students' Union. I am your host, Cathy Ann Murphy, and today's topic is the representation of the female body in performance. I will also be joined by a recent production design graduate, Vove Byrne. Again, if you would like to get involved in this discussion, you can tweet us or tag us on Instagram or Facebook. Women's bodies have always been the subject of controversy and debate within any sense. In recent times, we have certainly seen the issues still facing women and the frequent hang-ups around the bodily form. Not only have women been faced with a subsequent dulling of self-confidence in their own skin, but it has also been seen in art. Unfortunately, there are stereotypical terms surrounding the artists I mentioned today that they were extremists, eccentric, or neo-feminists. The fact of the matter is that even though most take for granted that, oh, this doesn't happen, or women don't feel like this anymore, they certainly do. Yes, we have evolved in regards to freedom to express the female anatomy by the likes of the Kardashians and Lizzo, Nicki Minaj, female Instagram influencers, OnlyFans, and posts about female positivity. It is all fantastic, but there are still so many hang-ups around female bodies, nudes and seemingly provocativeness of the female dress. There has been many changes socially all over the world in the last hundred years alone regarding female dress, social standing and representation. I don't wish to go in too deeply about the political matters regarding the issues of pay, discrimination and so on, which are so important, but not for this episode alone. But I do want to focus on the censorship of female bodies. As I went to IDT, and I am sure many who are currently attending or graduated from an arts-based college can relate to the fact that we are subjected to a lot of self-exploration. We do not hide away from the freedom to explore our bodies in artistic ways. We attend life drawing classes. We view work creation and exhibitions exploring the body. We dress the body. We mould the body. So in this way, I think that we are very open to viewing the body in an expressive and artistic way. Yet this is not entirely true for everyone. As an audience member, we all have the right to feel uncomfortable or have a negative experience of a performance or piece of work. Yet arguably, some of these opinions may stem from an already formed social construct surrounding sexuality and female representation. Obviously, Every culture is different. Religion may play a huge part in this, and again, everyone has a right to that. But why is the female body so controversial, inappropriate and provocative? We can see from ancient times, with the beautiful Greek statues, paintings of female goddesses and warriors, that the body was celebrated and idolised by the worshippers. In certain tribes in Africa, women are not confined to covering up their bodies Now, this can also be seen in relation to the over-sexualisation in certain video games where the female characters are given little to nothing to wear in certain aspects of battle, yet the male characters are given full armours and helmets. So why is this? Well, the sexualisation of the body and arguably the majority of gamers are male, though I do play games myself and I know there is a huge female audience. 
But is this sending out a message that the female bodies are not equipped for the likes of battle or whatever the narrative in the game may be? That they are there to look pretty and to serve that purpose alone? So the value is not on their ability but their body. And that is something that is constantly placed upon women. Development of performance art is closely connected to the articulation of the female issues. Artists such as Clara Lee Schiesman and Elmer Antonin, performance art really came into its hole in the 1970s. A huge player of this was Marina Abramovic, a Serbian conceptual and performance artist, philanthropist, writer and filmmaker. Her work explores body art, endurance art and feminist art. Limitations of the body and the possibilities of the mind. The topic for this episode is her piece, The Artist is Present, which was performed on the 13th of June 2012 in the Museum of Modern Art, New York, directed by Matthew Ackers and produced by Show of Force. Marina is interested in preserving all documentation of her work, so in doing this, a documentary film was created, which follows the artists as she prepares for her show. I would highly recommend you watch it. It's a fantastic film. Marina states in the film, Performance is all about the state of mind. The hardest thing to do is something that is close to nothing, because it demands all of you. She was present in the piece for seven and a half hours, six days a week. In the atrium of the Museum of Modern Art, visitors observed a woman in a long red dress sitting at a table. Audiences were welcome to sit opposite her and simply gaze. There was a white tape on the floor, marking out a square for spectators to stand and observe as the event was unfolding. Each person shared a different emotion while engaging with Marina, and certainly came away from it differently. The most accountable moment of the piece was when her long-term romantic partner entered the space. The pair had broken up in 1988 with a lawsuit looming of their shared artwork and they had not spoken in 20 years. Ule took his seat in front of her, the intensity of their past enveloping into the present and spilling out into the future. There was great debate at the time if this was truly art this gain enough accountability to have a full exhibition in New York? Other works of Marina include In Ponda Brulia, which was performed in 1977, which involved Marina standing naked in a narrow gallery entrance opposite Ule. Visitors decided whether to face the male or the female body while entering the space, and interestingly, most chose to face the female body. She created a lot of work focusing on the body, the naked body, the true body. Like all art comes criticism, and Marina was no amateur to criticism. Notably, she made a very daring and controversial statement in her recent memoir, which caused uproar. But in this podcast, I am focusing on her work as a wider scope. Her work draws parallels to Jerome Bell's performance art, which also explores limitations and diversity of the human body through pieces such as self-titled piece Jerome Bell with on-stage full nudity and urination. This caused huge controversial uproar among audiences. Arguably, we have become accustomed to controversial work with nudity on stage and art becoming a norm, 
But what has not changed is a line between art and reality. We can walk into a space and prepare for a performance as an artist, express, explore and examine. But when we go back to daily life and social responsibilities, it becomes all too clear that there is a clear divide. Sexual ideologies around the female form needs to filter into the divide of self-exploration to evolve the understanding of beauty and the natural anatomy of the body and not just as part of the value in your life or personality. Is life not performance? Can we abolish the stigma around nude bodies and return to the primal state with consideration for beauty and nature? I am now joined with a lovely guest, Vove Byrne. She is a recent graduate of Design for Stage and Screen Production Design. Hello, Vove. So I guess for our audience, could you explain to us what production design is like as I also study production design? I would love to hear what your experiences were on the course. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Um, so what was my experience of doing design for stage and screen? Um, well, I, I mean, I loved doing DSS. It was, I'm sure you know yourself, it was absolutely like it was so difficult and it was a massive challenge and every single year it really like it really does push you to your limit when it comes to everything to your creativity your endurance uh, your ability to work with your team and stuff like that but DSS was a brilliant course and my whole college experience I don't regret it for a moment it was um <laughs> it was really tough but it was definitely worth it and what was your favourite aspect to production design as a whole? Was there any particular area that you really liked? Was it, you know, AutoCAD or was it model making or yeah, what was what was your best, I suppose, experience while you were in the college? Was there any project that really stood out for you? Well, that's a really good question. And absolutely, my favourite thing to do was to make things. Model making and costume making were my favourite parts of it. Um, obviously, we both did uh, production design, but um, in first year, you sort of get a chance to try everything. And um, one of my favourite projects um, in my whole four years was the Animal Farm project. Um, and I remember way back in the day when you were doing the course and I was only applying and um, you were showing me pictures of your Molly from Animal Farm and all of your your progress and being so like interested and being so like, oh, wow, this is so cool. And I ended up doing the same character. I ended up doing Molly as well, fighting tooth and nail to get her. <laughs> um, and that, that was my favourite thing about DSS was doing the building. I love working with my hands. I loved making all the models. So production design was kind of... Oh God, I had so much fun doing it. Um, building mo building things is my favourite thing to do. I loved even outside of the course itself. I can really relate to that, I think, because with me, it was definitely to create stuff as well. I wasn't hugely technical, but I obviously took a lot of, um, I suppose, inspiration from people who were very technical. And I think it's great because the course gives you so many diverse options that you can really go down and then aid... Um, other people who may be better at technical aspects like AutoCAD and then you might be better at making something else. So there's, it's a very diverse course, which is which is brilliant. But I guess what we'd love to know is when you left school, where did you go? Did you do a portfolio course and how did you just come upon this course or decide to do this course? Well, um, 
when I was in sixth year, I had never heard of DSS. I had no idea. I know I loved doing art and I loved getting involved in local drama productions and I was in drama school and I loved theatre, just loved it. Um, but I had no notion of that being a potential career. Um, I did a gap year when I left school and when I came back, I actually applied to do acting. Um, and I ended up going to Inchicore. Um, and doing their drama program and I was there for two months before I decided that I absolutely hated it that it was not for me <laughs> that I was not supposed to be on the scenes but I kind of had an inkling from doing it that I'd be quite good behind them so I left that course and hopped into a portfolio course and did a portfolio course for a year here in Gorey in Gorey School of Art and um from that got into production and applied for I think I applied for like seven different courses I was getting in one way or another I was so determined because the more I looked into it and the more open days I came to the more DSS just stood out to me as the course for me a a practical way to be involved in theatre that I could do without having to pin your dreams on being a performer itself do you know what I mean? Cool. Yeah, no, I think I'm quite similar in a way that it was great that you're able to look at the practical side, the more technical side of theatre and still be involved in theatre. And there's so many avenues you can go down now, you know, because of the knowledge that you've gained, um, especially in film as well, which is the other aspect. But I guess coming back to our topic for this week, and I want to know what was your opinion of the work as a whole or even just the piece that we looked at, um, the artist is present, and do you think that women's bodies are censored either in art or theatre or as a whole really do you think in a society that women's bodies are censored? When it comes to talking about um, the artist is present I had never heard of this artist before you turned me on to her to research for this podcast and she's fantastic she's my new hero she's so cool Um, performance art is such an impressive thing and um, her work is incredible Um, I really 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 thought that her approach to performance art was so interesting and so stripped down and so not minimal but just the bare essentials of what it is to be a performer and she said an amazing thing that really kind of like stuck with me um she said that performance will survive because it is an immaterial form of art and I think that that's incredible and her as a representation of women in performance is amazing she's so brave and she's so incredible when it comes to like women's bodies I guess in performance um I think that oh it's such a kind of it's such a loaded topic and such an interesting topic because the view of it has changed so much over the years even recently it just it goes up and down so much so when it comes to female bodies in your work as a designer do you find that it affects your perception of the female body in relation to nudity or how the female body might be presented on stage or film or through art as a designer when well when i come to design a play deconstructed and reconstructed into something that you can sort of present i think that's kind of our job and that's the puzzle that you do as a production designer i think is to take a piece and present it visually and i think when it comes to the perception of the female body you have to be so flexible obviously like as a woman myself and I'm sure as a woman yourself um you want to present a piece that represents women well but you also don't want to present a piece that might alienate half of your audience if it is too 
open about the female form because there is a stigma that comes from female nudity and the female body and presenting it in any kind of way and I think that so it does it really really affects it because sort of half of your mind is thinking well don't be too out there don't be too brash because you might alienate your male audience which is I suppose silly but I think it's something that is ingrained in us. In terms of my own work kind of reflecting on that as well I I kind of find that when I'm making work, you're kind of, as, as you said, thinking of the male audience, not even just the male audience, but just kind of how will people relate to this? Will people have a problem with this? And I think what was so interesting about Abramovic's work is that she really just went for it. She didn't care. She wants to make people think. And I think that's what we are as artists is to make people think. Yeah, you're dead right. Um, that's the that's the thing is that you do kind of think to yourself, you kind of hold yourself back thinking, is this going to alienate part of my audience? And she's fantastic because she just doesn't care about that in the slightest. Even one of her pieces where she and her uh, male partner at the time stood in back to back in the doorway of a exhibition space naked um, to force the audience to choose to pass one or the other and most of the audience passed the female side um, because they found it to be less aggressive or they found it to be maybe a, a more comf- less, less uncomfortable for them. So it's interesting that people would choose a female nude form to be immediately <laughs> to be immediately in contact with and yet there's so much judgment and so much stigma. Yeah, I completely agree and I think you know, as an artist, do you find that you are more open to the body as an expressive form than possibly others or people who may not have an artistic background? Um, oh, I think so, because I think that as people who design for performance and as artists, we're trained to or we're encouraged to look at humans, not as just people who sort of walk by and by, but as as tools to express whatever it is we're trying to express. I mean, the performer is such an important part of every performance piece, obviously. Um, and so it does, it, 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 it pushes you to look at humans and see what could be done with them at the human body and think, well, if we just strip it down to just what it is, uh, uncomfortable though it may be, what opportunities are there to create something and to express something the body is the human body the female body the male body the humans are just such incredible creatures and there's so much to be expressed by using their bodies and not covering them up and not censoring them and not changing them in any way and just like seeing them in their rawest form i think that's something that um marina really explores and does a good job of exploring there's so much to be learned there if you don't censor it in any way and I think that that's an amazing thing you kind of you kind of get from an education in IADT actually it's a very sort of it's an art college so it's a very liberal space and on any given day there's people using the body to express different things everywhere and it's a great culture to immerse yourself in because it really opens your mind and it can only in my opinion can only affect your art positively. Yeah I 100% agree with you there I really think that being an IADT opened my mind hugely to performance and the body and expression so I suppose as a child were you very artistic where where did the art come from do you have an artistic background at home or why did you decide to become an artist well as a kid I always loved drawing things and I loved making things and even from like a really really young age I remember getting presents of drawing utensils and just finding it an incredible and creative outlet. I used to love reading books or having books read to me by my parents and then drawing the scenes from them as I imagined them. And I think that's one of my earlier memories is 
drawing um, as rudimentary as it is but also cutting things out of magazines um I wouldn't and creating collages of scenes um from books that I had just imagined my little self and it was something that I used to love to do for when I was little um I don't uh, <laughs> my, I don't know if my parents would appreciate me saying that they're not particularly artistic people <laughs> appreciators of art yes but um creators of art no <laughs> bless them but um they were always extremely encouraging of it they thought that it was so interesting that they weren't really artistic themselves but I think they found it quite entertaining that I loved art and I loved getting dirty and I loved making things and um, I had a rampant imagination as a kid and um, I used to love playing sort of dress-up games and makeup games and I think that kind of plays into it I mean if you look at it it's uh, that I mean imagination is can kids imagination it's if you if you don't grow up and lose your love of it I think you can be on track to create some incredible things um so I, oh God, I'm very grateful that I had such encouraging parents when I was little who encouraged me to be, to be mental and to do art and to make messes and, and build things because it's paying off now. <laughs> Great. And do you think something needs to change in the mentality, I suppose, of how the government and the public views the arts in, the, in Ireland going forward? I haven't done anything I think I I haven't done anything particularly creative in the longest time during the pandemic um but what I have noticed is other people from IADT my classmates and colleagues and people creating some incredible artwork creating some finding ways even though we're all separated from each other to still create art and I think it's just such an incredible resource that the public and the government can't can't afford to kind of let go by the wayside art and the creation of art is 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 essential it's it's something that we're always going to need it's something that's always going to be relevant something that always changes and I think that to let it be sort of put on the back burner especially in these very sad and scary and problematic times is a mistake and something that we'd regret yeah I agree and especially in these times it has become so amazing to see how creative people have become to create work and to explore new avenues to create work so thank you so much Vove for joining me today I had so much fun talking with you thank you everyone for listening stay safe and keep 